You are Locked On Mississippi State, your daily podcast on the Mississippi State Bulldogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Hell State Nation? Welcome into Locked On Mississippi State, a daily look into the world of Mississippi State Bulldog Athletics. I am your host, Taylor Jones. Locked On Mississippi State is a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Be sure to go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON when you check out and you will get $10 off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. So what did you guys do this weekend? Were you able to spend some time with some family, maybe go on a hike, maybe take a little weekend trip? Or Did you watch the Mississippi State Bulldogs knock off the defending national champions at their place and did so by completely torching their defense? I did a little bit of all that, and I uh, hope you were able to do at least one of those things. Uh, Mississippi State going to Death Valley. The first time since 1998 that a defending national champion lost their season opener the following year. Mississippi State did that. They went into Death Valley and did something that exceeded my expectations so far that I didn't even think they could be that high. And you're probably thinking, Taylor, why are you watering down uh, the performance or the capabilities of what Mississippi State can do? I'm not watering it down at all. I'm just saying that in my wildest dreams... Did I think Mississippi State this year, it was probably going to be next week against Arkansas, maybe against Vanderbilt later on in the year, maybe against a school from up north, I don't know. I thought maybe we could get one, possibly two, 450 to 500 yard passing game. But KJ Costello, in the debut of the Air Raid offense in Stark Vegas, throws for 623 yards. That's a new SEC record, by the way. That is the most a quarterback has thrown for an SEC team since Eric Zier threw for 544 yards against Southern Miss back in 1993. And that's most in state history since Dak Prescott threw for 508 against Arkansas in 2015. 2015, that's going to be a key year to listen for here in this first segment because a lot of things that happened in the game yesterday was the first time since 2015 that it happened. We already mentioned that uh, the 1998 Michigan team lost to Notre Dame to open the uh, season following their national championship. That was the last time that a defending national champion lost their season opening game the following year, and Mississippi State holds that honor now. They also snapped a 16-game winning streak by the LSU Tigers, so that's uh, pretty pretty interesting. Uh, Some other key notes from the offensive side of the ball. We mentioned that K.J. Costello threw for 623 yards. He also has a, uh, another Mississippi State record where he completed 36 of 60 passes. That's the most completions by a Mississippi State quarterback since Mr. Prescott did that again against Arkansas in 2015 where he completed 33 passes. Ten different receivers caught a pass. I thought that was a very big possibility. Coach Leach said at the beginning of the week that we've got about eight different receivers that are going to get some looks. Well, we saw 10, and uh, there were three receivers that had over 100 yards and catches. That's Osiris Mitchell, that's Kylan Hill, Javante Payton. Osiris had 183 yards. Kylan Hill out of the backfield had 158, and Javante Payton had 122 yards of receiving. 
that's special. That really is. Uh, the air raid system, I know a lot of people uh, said that it wasn't going to work in the SEC. Even some people right before game time, cough, cough, Barrett Salee, cough, cough, said that LSU was going to beat Mississippi State by over four touchdowns, possibly five. I can't remember the exact prediction, but it was a pretty big prediction. And the, one of the things he said is that the air raid system is not going to work in the SEC. Now I know LSU doesn't have the defense that they had last year. Coach Orgeron seems to think so. He said that last week. This is the best the defense has looked in many, many years, especially since I've been here. Well, they didn't play the part on Saturday. They may end up doing very well later on in the year, but you know what? LSU being a Western Division opponent, we don't have to worry about seeing them anymore this year. It's not like we played Georgia or played Vanderbilt or played Florida or whoever where we played them, we beat them, we torched their defense. Their coach says it's the best defense we've seen in years, and there's a possibility we could see them in Atlanta. No, that's not going to happen. We're done with LSU for this year. The next time we'll see them will be next year. And I don't know what that schedule is going to look like, but I assume we're going to see LSU at some point uh, next year. But just very impressive on the offensive side of the ball for the Mississippi State Bulldogs. There was another point that my friend Bart Heitch, he's going to be joining us to show in segments two and three, a point that he brought up about uh, Mississippi State and how they were able to move the ball and still beat LSU despite having one eye-opening stat. We'll talk more about that later on in the show. And we have the defensive side of the ball, too, where the defense did a lot of really good things. We'll first start off with Errol Thompson, who had 10 tackles in the game. That's the SEC active leader, Errol Thompson, with his 10 tackles in the game against LSU. He now has 227 total tackles. Marquis Spencer had a career-high two sacks. Sean Preston had a career-high 11 tackles. And just some uh, some team notes from uh, the Mississippi State defense in that one. They forced punts on the first four of LSU's possessions, which was pretty big, I thought. Uh, The second quarter kind of got a little crazy there to begin with, but uh, we ended up prevailing, ended up getting the win. Didn't matter. They also held LSU scoreless through the first quarter. Can you tell me how many quarters last year that LSU was held scoreless in? Three. They were only held scoreless in three quarters of last year's schedule. They also had seven sacks in the game, and that's the most sacks in a ball game for the Mississippi State defense since 2015. There's that number again against the Ole Miss Rebels. That uh, 2015 team went nine and four, four and four in the SEC. Uh, they got a big win over Auburn in that year, and Dak Prescott again had a pretty good year as the quarterback for the Mississippi State Bulldogs. So those are some news and uh, notes. Uh, Big thanks to the Mississippi State uh, Athletic Communications Department for uh, producing those notes. A lot of very interesting tidbits to take away from the game. We're going to be talking a little bit more in-depth about those notes with our friend Bart Heitch. He's coming up in segment two and segment three of the show as we recap the amazing record-setting win against the LSU Tigers. That's coming up in just a few moments here on Locked On Mississippi State. While we've got a few minutes, we'd love to tell you about our social media pages and how you can interact with us, how you can ask us a question, how you can relay a comment or a concern to us. We are probably going to mention it on the air if you do that. Uh, follow us on Twitter at LockedOnMissState, LockedOnMissST. That's the same username for Instagram as well, at LockedOnMissState. 
If you do not have social media, we do not discriminate against those that don't. But we do have an email address you can also send those questions to. That's LockedOnMississippiState at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Um, We'd love to answer any of your questions or concerns about uh, the game on Saturday. Uh, we got another big game coming up against Arkansas. We'll be the home opener. Uh, We'd love to answer your questions about that. We've got a pretty action-packed show coming up this week. Uh, We know today we're going to be talking with Bart Heitz, recapping the LSU game. Uh, Later today, Coach Leach will talk to the media during his weekly press conference. We'll have a review and some recaps from that. Uh, Hoping to be hearing from uh, Arkansas as well. We may have an Arkansas beat writer join us to talk more about the game. And then, of course, our Maroon Friday show where we go over the starting lineups and any last little bit of information that you need to know, plus last-minute predictions as we head into week number two in the SEC. Bart Heitch coming up in just a few moments. This is Locked On Mississippi State. Last weekend was such a great opening weekend for SEC football. But if you were anything like me, you weren't able to make the trip down to Baton Rouge to watch the Mississippi State Bulldogs beat the LSU Tigers and take a 1-0 record heading into Week 2. So you were probably at a friend's house. You were probably at your own house tailgating. Maybe you were at the local sports bar. You ate a lot of chips. You ate a lot of wings. You ate a lot of steak. Ate a lot of nachos. And you're just looking to get back on track this week. Well, may I suggest starting your day with a built Bar. Built Bars, yes, they are covered 100% in chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. Tastes like a candy bar. But did you know that they are low-calorie, low-sugar, they're high in protein, high in fiber, perfect for those that are health-conscious, and perfect for those that are on the keto diet? So many great flavors to choose from, including the Cherry Barcia. The Cherry Barcia, try one of those over the weekend. Delicious. 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. They have so many more flavors to choose from, including the 12 OG flavors. Some of those include peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, orange toffee almond, peanut butter brownie. They've also introduced six new flavors, including the Cherry Barcia that we just talked about, one of my personal favorites, the cookies and cream. There's also caramel brownie, carrot cake, lemon almond cheesecake, and apple almond crisp. So many more flavors to choose from. Go to BuiltBar.com and make a mix and match box, if you will, or maybe you can get one of every flavor to see what your favorite flavor of Built Bar is. A delicious protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and can help you lose or maintain weight. Yeah, those exist. Those are called Built Bar. And if you go to BuiltBar.com and make your purchase, you can use the promo code Locked On, and you will get $10 off your next order. Again, use the promo code Locked On for $10 off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Bart Heitch has entered the chat here on this LSU recap edition of Locked On Mississippi State. Mississippi State getting the 44-34 win over LSU. So many things went right in that game. And to help us recap it all is the man, Bart Heitz, joining us for now his third episode of Locked On Mississippi State. Bart, looking forward to talking about this game and also talking about uh, the man known as Kevin Richard Costello Jr. getting introduced to the SEC and to college football. Bart, uh, pretty exciting weekend, right? I mean, I can't remember when I've had a better Saturday, Taylor. Um, it was uh, it was very entertaining. Football was great. Uh, you know, uh, we don't 
a, a lot of schools get to feel like that a lot, um, you know, and over the years we haven't gotten to as much. And so just to get to feel it, um, to taste it, uh, to just have some hope in the season, man, with just how, how great everybody looked, especially Costello, man. He was just different level, man. That's what you call dropping it in a bucket, my friend. And so, uh, yeah, we got some good things to look forward to. Hopefully it'll be a lot more uh, happy Saturdays. Yeah, I'm looking forward to those, too. I'll, well, we'll start off this uh, conversation with KJ Costello, and I feel I feel bad for my prediction because I thought uh, you and I both talked about Kylan Hill having a big day. You mentioned specifically KJ Costello having a big day. But in my wildest dreams, I thought, okay, Mississippi State may get 450, may hit 500 yards passing a couple of times because this is the SEC after all. We're known for pretty tight defenses, known for championship caliber defenses. And even though LSU lost a ton of people and we didn't know what to expect, you got a new defensive coordinator and Bo Pelini in there. There's just so much you don't expect. Never in my wildest dreams did I think that we would see K.J. Costello throw for 623 yards, which is an SEC record, by the way, in his very first game in the maroon and white. I feel so bad for shortening that, shortening him on that. Yeah, I'm glad. I, I wasn't going to get into all those uh, predictions. They were kind of all over the place, but, you know, uh, he he it didn't really start off that way. You know, I was, I was kind of nervous in, the first, uh, in that first series because – the speed of the game was right there on him. You know, if you'll remember when we got the ball the first time and it, but it started off like it typically does, but the punt was huge. Um, and then after that, he just settled in and adjusted to the speed. And yeah, I mean, you sold him short, man. Um, I, I don't <laughs> six, two, three, bro. 623 yards at Tiger Stadium. I don't care. If I hear one more excuse about it, what you know what we said it was gonna be that. But you still gotta line up and play, Taylor. That's and right. And number three, number three, number number three became legendary in a quarter. And then just continued on with it. Um, because I'm telling you, man, some of them passes he would throw was throwing were, were pro touch type passes, Drew Brees, Philip Rivers type passes. You know, I'm not I'm not ready to put him in that category. You know, he'll have to continue um to progress, but me neither, brother, in my wildest dreams. And you know what? I'm glad my dreams wasn't that wild because it feels real good coming out of there 1-0 and having him coming uh, as your quarterback Saturday against Arkansas. Yeah, you're exactly right. K.J. Costello uh, breaking the SEC record. That was the most thrown by an SEC quarterback since 1993. Eric Zier did that against the Golden Eagles in that year. That's the most since Dak Prescott threw for 508 against Arkansas in 2015 that was also the most completions he completed 36 out of 60 um and that's the most since Dak completed 33 against Arkansas in that same game in 2015 we heard from coach Leach earlier in the week too and he you know had a lot to say about KJ Costello but he said that there's probably going to be eight different receivers that'll get some looks and the reason that he brought that up is because uh, Osiris Mitchell wasn't the number one receiver at one of those positions. And they said, oh, well, this, what does that mean? Does that mean Osiris isn't, uh, he's not impressing you? Because you know, nobody's been able to see practice due to this COVID-19 protocol. So, I mean, we didn't know. But he goes out there. He's one of three receivers that has over 100 yards and catches. He had 183. Our guy Kylan Hill had 158. I want to talk about him a little later. And Javante Payton had 122 uh reception yards 10 different receivers caught a pass 
in the Air Raid debut at Tiger Stadium for the Mississippi State Bulldogs. How far do you think that will go, and how many times this year do you think we're going to see at least eight to ten receivers get a uh, get a catch in a ball game? Since everybody listening is such a bigger basketball fan than football, <laughs> I'll give you a basketball analogy. Um, so here's the deal. You've watched basketball, especially in the league, like with the uh, the, the um, Warriors and then uh, the Rockets, and just kind of everybody's playing now, and everybody can pass and dribble and shoot. And it's kind of like having five shooters on the floor. There were four guys on our team that caught six or more passes. Four, and it was the to me it was the different ways that they caught them. You know, it was Austin like the third downs that we talked about, the point A to point B, you know, Tech Mobile type routes to where he just gets in space and. Those were huge on first down, Taylor. You know, when it became second and four, second and three, you know, and it's just like Coach Leach understands how to use time and score and position on the field. and um, The ultimate confidence that he had in his quarterback to get the ball to those different receivers. But you know what was most eye-popping to me is in – talks about the 50-50 balls. He talks about that. You can tell that we've worked on that, right, Taylor? Yes, Absolutely. I mean, think about how many times, like, our guys just either or went up and got the ball or were just right when they turned around, the ball was coming to them. Like, but but 50-50 ball stuff, um, you know, there were probably – I don't know what we're on 50-50 balls. I'm sure Power does, and, uh, and, and I'm, glad he, I'm glad he worked on it because our guys looked as comfortable. Yeah, yeah KJ looked very comfortable throwing the ball our guys looked really comfortable catching the ball running down the field, and that's because they've worked on it. Uh, one last thing before we get into uh, the next break. Um, some other interesting notes from this game. We're going to talk about defense in segment number three, uh, but just an overall thing that the Mississippi State Bulldogs did over the weekend. The last team that lost their season opener after winning the national championship, that was Michigan back in the 1998 season. And LSU also lost a game for the first time in 16 games. Mississippi State did that. How does that make you feel? I mean, I was there when we started whooping up on them with that. And, I mean, it felt very similar. Um, this team, this LSU team's not great, though, Taylor. No. Uh, no. They'll, have a, they'll, have a, they'll have a quarterback change by week three or four. Um, and, and that was very evident. Now, the, the receiving core – um, they really missed Chase. They missed him a lot. And obviously, they missed Stingley. You know, those guys, those were some young guys out there, and our experience kept on and kept on at them, and it was very difficult for them. It was, it was difficult for a long time, but, man, think about it. Anytime you play down there, you always worry about that magic, right? You know, there was a time in that game to where, you know, it's second four, and we're all sitting there screaming, give it to Colin, give it to Colin, give it to Colin, run the clock, what have you. That's just not who our guy is. And But the best thing I saw all day other than that final score was when KJ, when our quarterback, KJ Costello, threw an interception, threw a pick six, he drove us right down the field. Yes. You know, when he, when he, when he threw the interception, they got the ball and they cut the lead to, um, I, I guess they tied it up. Because um, I had a chance to take the lead and tied it up, and then he just drives down the field and and we you know score again. So you know I'm not or uh, kick a field goal and then get the lead. I, I'm just not ready. Uh, I'm not ready to count us out of any game with that kind of offense. We will talk about defense. You know, there's a lot. There's a lot of things we're going to have to get better. But 
when, when when injuries happen on both sides of the ball, when mistakes happen, these kids responded, and that's because they believe in that cat that's over there. I'm ready for that. One last thing. I know we said that was the last thing, but one last thing. There was something that you and I were texting about right after the ball game on Saturday night, and you brought up a, a pretty good point about when's the last time Mississippi State or really any team has gone into Death Valley, still won while committing four turnovers. Have you done any research on that? Has that ever happened at LSU? Well, according to some guy on Twitter, Bama does it about every other year. Mm. Is what he said. And so I went back, and I just really didn't see that. Yeah. I saw Alabama win 20 nothing, 10 to nothing, 29 nothing, 20 to 13, you know, and all that. So just a point of reference, folks. You know, before you answer a tweet as a homer of your own team and try to pick your national championship team up, you messed up my day and, and my winning in Baton Rouge is a big deal to me, read the tweets, please. So I needed to get that out, Taylor. My bad. Is that okay that I got that out? Hey, that's good. That's why I was uh, hoping to set you up because I was want- <laughs> I was wanting to know the answer to that too, and maybe those listening today no, can uh, no, no, try no, to fill no. us in. But, but the answer – sorry sorry to interrupt. The only answer that I've come up with, we got to give it to my boy Cabbage, uh, big Auburn guy. Um, you know, and I'll say this, man. So many people, you know, other fans than state fans, Auburn fans, Alabama fans. Um, you know, a lot of people I know of Texas Tech, congratulations. You know, they know how – important these Bulldogs are, you know, all of us, you know, especially in you know, my life always has been. But the last time, and I, and I would trust him on this, it's made, I just – Cabbage doesn't make any mistakes when it comes to stats. Um, and he said that in 2005, Tennessee went down there and won and turned it over five times. So, you know, if that's the truth, it's 15 years. I'm sure somebody will double-check it, especially if we're wrong, and, and let us know. But – Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It just doesn't happen. We talked about it. You, know, you can't turn the ball over down there and win. But, again, that goes to the – that, to me, goes to the crowd, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. that crowd starts getting into it. It starts weighing on you and weighing on you and weighing on you. I can promise you it does at Rupp and at Bud Walton Arena. <laughs> I played at Tiger Stadium, but it, it, it does. It feels like it does when you're in the stands and they're there. Um, so, yeah, it, it was uh, – I was very, very, very nervous there toward the end of the game because that's, that, that just kept getting in my head that, man, we're just – there's no way that we're going to be able to win this game, turn it over four times. Somehow, man, we did. So, go Bulldogs. We talked about a record-setting day on offense. Next up on the agenda, we'll talk about defense. That's coming up on Locked On Mississippi State. We talked about K.J. Costello in the air raid making its debut for the Mississippi State Bulldogs against LSU. We're now going to be talking about defense here on Locked On Mississippi State with our guy Bart Heitch. Locked On Mississippi State, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A uh, couple couple things went right with uh, the Mississippi State defense against LSU. I know several of the things uh, that really stood out to me there at the beginning. Uh, the first four possessions that LSU had on offense, they all ended in punts. They were also held scoreless through the first quarter, and that was the first time. Well, they were held scoreless through the first quarter. They were only held scoreless through three total quarters one year ago, and uh, they had seven sacks in the ball game, which is the most since the Ole Miss game five years ago in 2015. Uh, a couple of big individual performers, uh, including Errol Thompson. He's now the SEC leader 
with 227 total tackles. Uh, we saw Marquise Spencer with a career-high two sacks. Sean Preston, a career-high 11 tackles. Uh, what were some things that stood out to you about the defense, good and bad, as we go forward? The, the effort up front was superior. Uh, the you know our D, our DBs were young. Their effort effort was good, but uh, but up front, you know, we did a great job of scheme, of, of scheming. You know, I think it's a little bit of different defense um, than a lot of coordinators are used to seeing in the SEC. But we had guys flying around everywhere, a bunch of guys. But Spencer was good. He 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 was he was penetrating you know, just about all day. And um, Errol just continues to. It seemed last year he he really didn't. This is just to me as a fan. He looks like he's he's more nimble. He looks like he's in better shape coming into this year than he did than he was last year. I know he's coming off an injury last year, um, like in the summertime and getting in and like having to you know, battle through some of that stuff. But we were fast. We were extremely physical. Seven sacks. I would say the only thing is it's a smidge misleading because when you have a quarterback that holds the ball that long, like a half a second, a second too long, every possession. You know you're gonna have some, you're gonna have some sacks, but you know most of the time when he went to his first and second look, Taylor, it wasn't there. Um, but then when he had to get to those other looks, that's what Burrow was so good at is just the timing of knowing because they tried to run it. You could tell a couple of times the little uh, little stop drag route comes right back across the middle that they ran so many times last year on first and third downs, Case and Jefferson and all those guys. It just wasn't there. But what wasn't there from the quarterback? The timing wasn't there. And physically, um, you know, we were relentless coming after that quarterback and uh, and going after the ball. I do think our DBs, you know, uh, Peters didn't play as well as he's going to play throughout the year. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that too. I think it's one of those that we'll, um, we'll, we'll, we'll see him get a little bit better as the year goes on. Well, he's a stud, man. You know, yes. there were a couple of balls, especially uh, 50-50 balls, actually, um, you know, the the the, uh, the touchdown that wasn't thrown to the big just that wasn't Peter's fault. I'm talking about the one before that. He he had a couple of opportunities, just maybe missed time this first game. So, but on the ground, he was great, um, like he always is. And you know, just looking out through these names, um, I hope Emerson's okay. Um, he actually did tweet. Uh, uh, I, I just sent something on Twitter about one of his uh, one of his posts, and he said he was okay. And uh, I think that's good because we're going to really need him. You know, you didn't really – you didn't hear his name called a lot because there wasn't nobody throwing it over there. Yeah, you're right. And that, that, so, that's always a good thing when you're talking about uh, defenders. Yeah, people like – like everybody – I was not a very good cornerback at all. Um, I, I mean, I, I probably was a little bit better than I give my credit stuff credit for. But, like, I don't know why people didn't throw it over there at me. I mean, I'm serious, man. Like, you know, you got to be pretty good for people not to throw it at you. And I, and I, and I kind of, you know, they, they didn't want to. Um, I know that. And then I, and I, and I hate that he, I, it was scary. I thought he'd broken his collarbone, but I haven't heard today, but it doesn't sound like he did. Uh, it sounds like he's going to be okay. And, uh, we'll be rolling. But defense, defense, what does our defense have to be, Taylor? Think about that question. I'll ask you that question. What does it have to be with this kind of offense? Um, I feel like you're already at an advantage because you have experience. Um, I can't I can't remember exactly which beat writer it was. I want to say it was uh, Brian Haydad, maybe. Uh, he said, or no, it was uh, Portnoy. It was Portnoy. He was talking about uh, texting back and forth with Hal Mummy, and that was the guy that we brought up uh, last week when we were talking about the air raid offense. And Hal Mummy told Portnoy, he said, uh, Mike Leach 
so many times in his career has done so much with so little, but now he's in a situation where he's got a really exactly. good defense. He's got guy. He's got eight receivers he can throw to, ten that he can throw to. He's got a great running back that caught for 158 yards in the game on Saturday. I believe this is probably going to be the best situation that Mike Leach has been in. I think just keep doing what you were doing, and you don't have to worry about a whole lot. I very, I trust Zach Arnett. I really do. All right. Other than quarterbacks, and other than Michael Crabtree. Name me one running back or receiver that has played for him other than maybe Wes Welker. And I don't know if that was Spike Dykes or him. You know, so my, my, my point is this. Absolutely. Nailed it. He's got better talent than he's had. Yeah. He just – he just – these guys were going and getting the ball. Now, there was a lot of separation. Um, when is the last time you've seen LSU's defensive backs get beaten that badly? I don't think that's because we are that, that good. I think we were more prepared, though, um, at working on just that situational part of the game. You know, when we're coaching basketball, we try to break down, you know, Coach Williams always taught us to break down each situational play to the inkling, you know, and that's no matter what it is. And then you utilize it with time and score. Um, but his, the talent is better. And, like, now, the thing is, I, just, I don't see a lot of people running the football consistently on us. I could be wrong about that, but I just – I don't – I think we can stop the run well enough, and that means that when you go to Tuscaloosa, when you go some – they're going to have to outscore us, Taylor. And our offensive line answered a challenge now. What they're going to see in Tuscaloosa, um, that will be completely different. What they're going to see against Georgia, that will be completely different. But – Everywhere else across the board, there's not really any any defensive line that, that that scares me to get into our quarterback too much to where he can't make a read and make the throw to his receiver. Did you see the quote from Osiris after the game yesterday? Which one? You, you, you brought up the point about uh, LSU's defensive backs getting beat. Osiris Mitchell said in the postgame press conference after the game against LSU, he said that he had LSU's defensive backs telling him and the other's receivers that they were tired. And Osiris just laughed in their face. Well, the, but the thing when that happens is, man, that means you trying to be friends with folks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's all that means. That's what that means to me. You remember what we was talking about before the game? About, uh, that, that LSU is not Alabama. LSU is not Clemson. No. Not at this juncture of the last decade. They're just not. Nobody is. Ohio State's the closest thing, and they're a distant third yeah. to what those two are. Do you think Alabama and Clemson players would be talking like that? It goes straight. It goes straight Absolutely. to the heart of, and they can't before the game. You know, I saw, tweeted out nobody was picking us. Nobody, everybody kept telling LSU how good they was, and their fans too. That's what they're saying now. Y'all never won a national championship, y'all, and, and, and we'll just bask in our fourteen draft picks and, and last year. Okay, <laughs> okay. Guess what? We have we have zero losses this year and it's this year the year's moved on and that's what happened i really think that happened to them you know i think a lot of those young kids walk around campus and that lsu that lsu and they just got outworked period and out schemed and our, and our players were better and i don't think anybody can deny that we actually kind of dominated that game nobody's really saying that but we really kind of did 
Yeah, you really did. You can't lie when you have uh, 630 yards total offense and you uh, limit the defending national champs to only 34 points in their place, which is one of the toughest places to play. Uh, But yeah, great recap show today, Uh, Bart. I look forward to having you on the show a little bit later this week as we transition over to the Arkansas game. I had to look over at the calendar to see who we played next. I was still on that high from... Uh, getting the LSU in. I'm like, gosh, who's next? Okay, the Arkansas Razorbacks, a team that almost beat Georgia for a half. Uh, They're coming to Starkville on Saturday, and we're going to be talking more about that later on in this week. But in the meantime, where can people find you on social media, Bart? As always, uh, Twitter, Snapchat, and Instagram, at bhych22, at bhyche22, and then it's Bart Heich on Facebook. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff on there from the weekend and just, um, you know, moving forward. Um, I would, I, before we get off, I would like to say one, one quick thing. Do I have time to say one quick thing to our fans? Yeah, go ahead. One quick thing to our fans. Hey, when you're walking around at work this week and when you're talking about games, dude, be stoic. You know, we've been in this situation before. I know I didn't handle it well. We were number one in the country, whatever. I'm not saying that we're that great, but there's, 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 a lot more SEC games to play than there was that year, and we got a lot. But what I'm saying is just like, hey, let's all go out and handle it, and just and let's be quiet, and just let our coach do the work, and let, and let these kids do the talking, man. Because like, I, I don't want us to be fans like we get frustrated at sometimes. Um, and I feel like that you know, this Mississippi State family is uh, is due for some good to happen, and uh, I think Coach Leach has got us all hoping, and uh, got these players believing, and that's a pretty good combination with the fan base. A great quote that I heard him say after the game, we didn't just beat LSU today, we beat them all week long. You get better every single week. And I truly believe that Coach Leach is going to have us in that position. Uh, Bart Heitch, as always, thanks for joining us on the show. We look forward to talking with you a little later in the week. And uh, hell state, brother. Let's, uh, Let's enjoy this week and get ready for Arkansas. Hell state, and I will be in Starkville pulling on the bullies. Perfect. Looking forward to it. You can follow the show at Locked On Miss State, Locked On M I S S S T, on both Twitter and Instagram. You can also send us an email, Locked On Mississippi State at gmail.com. Follow my personal Twitter page at Taylor Jones underscore underscore for more Mississippi State content as we get you ready for Mississippi State and Arkansas. So until then, Hell State. We'll talk again tomorrow. Go, dogs.